Hi, Geekscapists. It's me, Jonathan London, your host. And if this is your first Geekscape, well, you downloaded one of the internet's first pop culture podcasts. We've been around for 18 plus years or so talking movies, video games, comic books, TV, all the pop culture that's that'll fit under your pop culture hood. And uh, I've been thinking about it a lot because we have LA Comic Con coming up and uh, the Geekscape team that's in LA, we're going to be submitting panels. We'll hopefully uh, get a couple of them approved. The LA Comic Con is kind of like our hometown convention. And I mentioned this because maybe you're listening to this on the audio feed. Uh, well, if you are, you're in the right spot because I take a lot of those panels that we do and I record them. Maybe they're main stage panels. Uh, like remember two years ago when I pr- like proposed to Heidi on the main stage of LA Comic Con and Giancarlo Esposito was like my wingman and he held the ring and he gave it to me. That was insane and then last year um i think the main stage panels and you guys heard it right here on the feed we had lavar burton uh, amy joe johnson from power rangers steve from blues clues like those were really really cool discussions and then of course we had our panels with the geekscape like we had our live geekscape there at la comic-con that stuff is audio only uh, right i don't have a camera crew to go down there and shoot that stuff and it's obviously not uh streamed over youtube and facebook and twitch like the show is through Streamyard. so if you're listening to this as an MP3 on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, you're in the right place to catch all the stuff that we're going to be doing at LA Comic Con. And what's great is, unlike the stuff we were doing at San Diego Comic Con, we cannot talk about what we're working on because the writer's strike seems to be in its last couple of days. So I'm guessing by early December, the writers that we'll have on these panels will be able to talk about their projects. Uh, we're already talking about putting these different panels together. And hopefully uh, the actors and SAG are right behind them in getting their deals done. And we can just get back to work. Uh, how are you holding up? How's your contenting? Are you feeling like maybe your shows have slowed down or maybe you've given up on shows because they've been canceled because of the strike? They just canceled a bunch of shows over at Stars, shows like Heels. You guys are wrestling fans. Maybe you've been watching Heels. Well, that got canceled. I'm a basketball fan and I absolutely love winning time uh, uh, over on HBO Max. I'm still calling it HBO Max. And that one got canceled. I loved it. And it, it's somebody said it was like the worst ending to a series of all time because they just ended it with cards and that stinks uh, i haven't even finished the second season because part of me is like well what's the point like i kind of know what happened already as a basketball fan and then you're just going to cancel it like that and end it with cards so the strike's been hard for both fans and for professionals and uh all that to say <laughs> it's a long way to say hey you're in the right place if you're subscribed to the Geekscape podcast on Spotify. Uh, Video-wise, you're going to want to maybe subscribe to the YouTube or the Twitch or maybe us over on Facebook because we also have our holiday stream coming up. And that happens in mid-December where we line up almost the entire network. We have a close to 30 shows now. And most shows are represented. And we do this for Big Brothers, Big Sisters. And we either do like an, like each show either does like an hour podcast or we have musical guests who've been guests on the show uh, throughout the, the last year. You guys had the paranoias last week. We were talking on the paranoias about maybe performing on the show. I love those guys. I had a lot of feedback on that episode and it was awesome for people to be like, hey, I love the paranoias. I've never heard their music, but I like these dudes. They're cool. I'm going to check out their music. That's the whole goal. And I think I have another musical guest lined up for next week, but I I'll take a week to confirm it. Um, 
all that to say, however you get your Geekscape is the right way to get your Geekscape. But maybe check out like the video or check out the MP3 and for sure share it with your friends. Leave all those reviews that help our visibility, this and that. Um, speaking of podcasts and hosts, was having dinner with Jason Inman on Sunday. He's a longtime Geekscape friend. He's been on the show many times. He's been a part of our live streams, he and Ashley. He's been a part of our panels at various Comic Cons he and his wife, Ashley. And uh, I'm at dinner with him on Sunday night. And Jason goes, hey, I was talking to uh, one of your former guests, DJ Woolridge. Uh, and I was like, whoa, hold, hold it right there. I've never had DJ Woolridge on the show. I've seen him a million times. But he's such a good podcaster. He's such a good broadcaster. And he's so handsome. I've never had him on Geekscape. I'm too intimidated by him. Can't have him on the same podcast as me. The Geekscape's will immediately have this grand migration from my feed to his feed because he's just superior. And Jason's like, really? You've never had him on the show? And I was like, no, I've never had him on the show. I know that we run in the same circles, but I've never had him on the show. Well, that gets corrected today, Geekscape, as I've got DJ waiting in the wings to be the guest on this podcast that you're listening to right now or watching over there on YouTube, Twitch, or Facebook. So you're in the right spot. Let's get this thing started. We'll come back and talk about all these topics, pop culture, the new Mortal Kombat game, and more um, on this Geekscape. So let's go. All right, Geekscapers, let's get this thing going. DJ Woolridge, you might know him. Uh, spent a year in an Iranian prison. He is a renowned, I'm just reading these off the notes, bear fighter. Didn't know that was still going on. Seems like some 1800 shit, but I guess in some parts of the world that happens. He also holds a few world records, mainly in the 100-meter swim. Uh, I hope I'm getting this right. Uh, you can't trust the internet when you're researching this stuff. Uh, he was also a male model for Haynes. Uh, about 10 years ago. Uh, I don't know if I, I'm just reading this off the internet. This is just research I've done. Um, but I believe all of it. I believe every single part of this, um, because I'm great at research and, uh, I know how to pick them here on Geekscape. So here he is right now. Uh, brace yourselves. DJ Woolridge, did I get all that right? Yeah. Yeah. What a lovely introduction. Thank you. All the, okay. all the lovely compliments. I really appreciate it. I truly appreciate you having me on. And you're wearing Hanes now? Still? Yes. Can't confirm. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't worked your way through all the comps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They sent you so much. And, you know, which just, I don't want to add to the, you know, waste. You know what I mean? Like the, sure. um, all the trash we got thrown in the ocean. You know what I mean? So I just, I just keep you, I'm, I'm wearing the same ones I wore from 10 years ago. <laughs> the bear fighting things. Yeah. For conservation purposes. <laughs> how are you doing man i'm doing well man i'm doing well thank you for having me and and we've known of each other maybe I, i've known of you maybe yeah. you're like jonathan who i don't know oh yeah we've heard we like you said we've been running in in uh similar circles before we went on air you were just rattling off a bunch of uh pals that you mm-hmm. know we, we you, people know i'm assuming if they've listened to your, your show they know how like we all kind of like 
run run around each other, everybody in this town. Well, Jason Inman for sure, because yeah. he, as I told you, he, I met him through Matt Robb and yep. and those folks. So we we were doing press or something over in uh, WonderCon. This is years ago, years, years, years ago, and um, and Jason and I became friends, and we were kind of like, you know, you got to do the social media like mutual follows, and then DC had that contest to be like a host for dc all access yeah 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 and i and i make it to the interview and i walk in this is a story geekscape i'm sorry if you've already heard this one Mm -hmm. i don't think we've told in a few years but uh i'm i go in and i do the interview and i walk out and i was like feeling pretty good about this Mm -hmm. and then i see jason waiting to go in for his interview and i was like and that's the end of that and jason has the opposite jason's like i'm feeling pretty good sitting on the couch waiting for the interview and i see jonathan come out and uh and i was like oh fuck and ultimately, uh, he, I was right. Jason, Jason was the guy, yeah. uh, especially for DC, right? Yeah. Like Jason is a huge DC fan. Um, and as are you, like, whereas yeah. I hang my hat over at the Marvel end, you're a fan of the distinguished competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously like everybody that reads this stuff, reads all the stuff basically. But I think, you know, I tend to, at least as far as the comics go, traditionally, um, gravitate more towards the DC uh, characters. I want to say, I met Jason when he was doing the DC All Access thing. I want to say he came over. It was back when I was at SourceFed. I want to say he did something um, with us over there, and that's how I first met him. But I now I don't remember. Now I don't know. I don't remember what the the the, uh, the specific circumstances were. Um, uh, cause you know, I assume it's similar with you. Like you're, you're at a spot, you've been doing this for a while, but like you're at a spot, at least when I was coming up, you're at a spot and it implodes and then you go to another spot and then it, you know what I mean? So you don't know, you don't remember where you picked up. I never worked for spots like, yeah. like with, like with revision, like revision three back in the geek drum days yeah. was that year at revision three. Like I, I liked Jay Adelson. I liked Kevin. Uh, I liked all those guys, yeah. but but they were very, and I love the the iFanboy kids. Like I love the iFanboy guys. Um, but it was very much, it was out of, it came out of Dig.com, and it was very much very tech. And I yeah. didn't get the tech culture as a filmmaker. I was like, in like a comics person and a pop culture person, yeah. I was like, well, this is a little too keyboard, like tech yeah. tech stuff for me. And and then another part of me was like, I want to own it. You know, like with Geekscape, you know, we're the cockroach of the internet. <laughs> Which is great. Like yeah. we don't, we, we're not the biggest network. Yeah. We are. We. I love the the shows that we have. Yeah. And Geekscape is. I. If you if you listen to other Geekscape shows, I just say thank you because even on my own network, I was we're putting together ad rates. And so, like, we, if you get Geekscape has heard the ads and this and that, we've been selling ads, and it's been fantastic. And thank you so much. Our numbers in our and the the money we get from ads has been growing like crazy recently. All of it is shared with the podcasters. Mm-hmm. And and it's one of those conversations where like during the strike, especially yeah. when when things are a little tight and like the movie you think is going forward or the script you think you're going to move forward on or option or this and that. When those things get frozen, you know, you start being like, OK, well, how much did Geekscape make on advertising? But the deal I made with the Geekscape is, is we pay for the hosting. Mm-hmm. And then once the hosting is paid for, like podcasters start divvying it up based on how their numbers are doing the numbers are doing so well like i'm not this show right here the flagship geekscape show not 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 top five in the on its own network at all 
Wow. Mural. The, the boys in Bingetown are killing it. The horror movie night guys are the MVP. Like they love talking horror movies and you guys love listening to that stuff. Um, the superhero kids who are talking about the superhero stuff, you should know. Like, I think that stuff is amazing. Yeah. And then of course the $2 late fee guys who snuck my younger brother, Paul onto my own network without me knowing, like it's, it's kind of effed up. Like yeah. I wanted my, my younger brother, ex WWE wrestler, Paul London. I'm like, Hey man, you should do like a wrestling podcast on the, network and he's like eh. and like we, we connected him with matt about hey can you make it easier for paul just to come on the network and talk wrestling for the wrestling fans eh. next thing i know zach from two dollar late fee is doing a wrestling podcast in the two dollar late fee feed where every other week or so he and my brother talk wrestling and now he's on the network i didn't know i mean he stuck my he like backdoored my brother onto my own network without telling me yeah and that's popping off i hate that come <laughs> on man why the lies yeah <laughs> i'm not in control of this man are you like i don't even know what shows we're doing half I don't, I, I don't know i i honestly don't i honestly don't like i'll look up on the feed and be like we're doing a show about christmas mm-hmm. what the wait 24 like seven like we're doing a show about christmas like all 12 months like we're doing it like and and i i remember the christmas show specifically telling matt like you run this past me again we're not just doing that in like november december and yeah it's like no no it's people love christmas year round i gotta tell you like november december that's the easily the biggest show on the network oh and people you know where that was crazy. you're like it's wild november december that's nobody listens to that <laughs> the other month of the year dude it comes out of nowhere up. like it hovers in like the top 10 yeah and then it's a juggernaut yeah during christmas and like i did i built my own prison with this thing mm-hmm. so when it when i say that i like i i would host everything now and then i'd come on like break or machinima yeah or i'd come in and say hi but i never was employed by those places because Man, I don't get it. I just didn't get those cultures, man. I didn't get those things. How were how was your experience? Can I get your origin story, DJ? Like, like where'd you move here from? Where'd you grow up, dude? Uh, I grew up in I grew up we moved around a bunch when I was a kid, but mostly Florida. Ninjas? Uh ninjas? Not, not ninjas, unfortunately. Who's um, chasing your family? Uh no, just like uh, uh work stuff and everything. So we just moved around a bunch and then but we we kind of landed uh in Tampa, Florida. And um then like most people that came out here uh looking to do the writing, directing, that sort of thing, um, got work editing um and started uh, uh editing for SourceFed. Um and then occasionally they would have me on. They had like a show called Table Talk where you know, they, they had the cast talking every week and eventually they, they occasionally they'd bring on different staff people and they had me on specifically for comic stuff. Like, so around, I think the first time I went on was, um, they were covering San Diego comic-con news and I was a bit more knowledgeable about the comic stuff than, um, some of the other people there. So they had me on and then, um, I hosted a show, uh, I think it was called, yeah, it was Superhero Roundup. Sorry, there was a lot of iterations of it. Um, <laughs> uh, where me and my friend Sam um, and Matt um, and a few other people would talk about all the, that was back in the days where it was like, well, it started with um, Flash. I think at the time it was, you know, you had Arrow Flash over at CW. And then I think Constantine on was like for a second at NBC around that time. And then I think Gotham premiered around the same time as Flash. 
And then, of course, in a couple of years, just all the CW shows. That was that was enough to fill a conversation, you know, an, an hour plus long conversation, just those shows. Um, and then when SourceFed went away, um, uh, Sam and I um, pivoted to doing Only Stupid Answers, was the podcast I still do now. Only and Stupid Answers? Only Stupid Answers, yeah. yeah. And so that was, and that, and that the big thing there is we kind of wanted to broaden, we still had our own for the Patreon, we still had our own, like talking about all the superhero shows, but it was more of a broad, like it was basically a, whatever we feel like talking about uh show, um, which is like, it, it's, it's, it's good in that you're not tied into one specific thing, but it can be, also be tough where you know, you're like, Oh God, what are we talking about this? Week? Like, what are we going <laughs> to, um, uh, you don't have that kind of structure. Um, and yeah, and still still doing doing the podcast. Sam's moved on to other things, but I'm still do, doing my thing with um, with Roxy now as the co-host, and uh, and you know still still working on making the writing directing dream come true at the same time. You know, how do you find time? Like I've talked to a lot of people, and in the paranoias were the, the guests last week, and I love them. But we, the subject came up of like hustle gigs, side gigs. Like I've had gigs. I have a gig that I worked this weekend yeah. for one of the studios. Now Geekscape is only crossing strike lines. It was a different gig, but it was um, for the marketing department. And it was uh, literally like I've had that job since 2005. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like almost a suit. It's like a suit job. Yeah. And it bumps up against your creativity. I found myself like Saturday and Sunday, I found myself working two or three different hustles like editing and doing and then just vomit drafting like crazy on scripts yeah a movie and then a tv piece and just vomit drafting vomit drafting vomit drafting as much as i could for it to try and get like a cohesive outline how do you carve it out? how do you find the time because it can really take your brain apart yeah I, i'm in a i'm in a uh, pretty okay position right now where i'm able to kind of just focus on the day gig kind of is the podcast and mm-hmm. then um i do the uh i work on different scripts and stuff like that my comics and stuff like that around around that um uh and uh my you know uh, god bless my wife uh she's got a she's got a, a good solid steady gig um that's able to keep us because mine is not stable enough to rely on no. at this point and, um, and i think that i think it was like somebody like uh dr dre said it yeah i, I, know, I may be misquoting it might could have been somebody else but dr dre was like you can't both be the creative when it gets hard, and yeah, he's talking about well, the early days, right? Know, I don't like, want to tell other people how to live their lives. Sure, but no, I, that, but I is, clearly jumped into a relationship with an actress. Yeah, like my wife is an actress. Yeah, but there is, it is, uh, it, it there is a lot of benefits to um, having somebody. I, in a lot of ways, not just not just that her her work life is is more stable, um, and we're able to rely on that better. But also, it allows uh, for, for us. This is what works for us. It allows us different, different perspectives on stuff. And it's and it's one of those like, um, like I get to be in our relationship. I get to be the one that's more knowledgeable about movies and, and TV shows and stuff. Is that a valuable? Is that a valuable skill? This is what I bring to the table. Right, guys. Bring, but, you know, there's, and. and um, uh, but in, in, and I'm being facetious, but clearly that's something that I do. Is you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the you know some you know. And my last marriage, there was definitely a feeling at times when it was like 
oh, the kid? Yeah. <laughs> you married the kid who like shows up at the dinner parties or shows up at like the family stuff and he's hanging out with the kids yeah. because they have the same like sentiments mm-hmm. in like fandoms that he does. Yeah. And does that make sense? Like yeah. when, when somebody else has like the structured grown up yeah. stuff, there's a, there need like the balance sometimes is hard mm-hmm. in a social aspect yeah. and you, and you bumped into that, but I mean, you're a good dude. Like you, you clearly can, can speak about other things beyond just try. the four colored funnies, but yeah, we, I try. we don't want to. <laughs> no, no, no. We want to be the, we're the popular uncles always. <laughs> like, it's like, <laughs> you get that. Do you have siblings? Uh, yeah. I have, a, I have a younger sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and is she married? Does she have kids? Like, has she moved on to like uh, adult life? No, <laughs> unlike no, us. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, you know, I've got no uh, nieces and nephews or stuff like that. But she, you know, again, she's kind of the more uh, uh, also has a more stable. And it just that's just the nature of the beast. Like this, this especially now. Obviously, stuff like the strikes are attempting to remedy some of that instability. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, studios, not just studios, but like general higher ups within the in the business world, would uh, like things to be as unstable for the rest of us as possible. It benefits them, um, so it's not. Uh, and I and I guess I, I do benefit from that uh, understanding that some of the instability. Uh, obviously the the path i chose is inherently unstable but some of the instability isn't my fault that's not on me <laughs> that's not it's not a, that's not a statement on me or my abilities there do you know the guy ari shankar who does that yeah. bootleg you know so yeah, ari, he, he did ari, some ari, stuff i've met him he did some stuff over at sourcefed yeah i like ari and avi ari, okay yeah he, i remember he was playing with the idea of a podcast or this and that but we were having a conversation and it was when i was really in the thick of a divorce yeah and and I remember talking to him about stability. And I remember this all the time, Mr. Shankar. Like, uh, maybe I'll see you at LA Comic Con like I did last year. We can talk this over. But but I was telling him about stability. And sometimes you, you, you're in relationships for stability. Mm-hmm. Or you do things thinking that it, stability is a... Like, and he goes, stability is an illusion. Doesn't that sound like something he would say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's all like yeah. mindful and like... You know, thinking he goes, stability is an illusion. And it's so true, dude. Yeah. You can walk off the wrong curb and a bus wipes you out or a bus wipes out a loved one. And we've all dealt with loss and things like that. And the, yeah. the, the sudden, you know, the suddenness of unpredictability of life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, I remind myself of that when, like, the last five months of this WGA strike. Yeah. And you you see things that you thought were like, Oh man, this project's going to go forward or we got all these pieces together and Oh my God, I've never been closer. And then something you're not in control of throws a wrench in it yeah. or delays it or just derails it. Yeah. I hear, <laughs> I hear his voice, Mr. Shankar's voice. Stability is an illusion. Well, it's funny. Uh, he didn't even say it. He texted it to me. Yeah. yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yes. But you can I hear his voice. Hear anyway. His voice. Yeah. 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 You, can, right. you can hear him saying it. Yeah. There was, um, um, there's a project I was working on uh, that I've been working many years to try and get off the ground, uh, and I was gonna I was gonna uh, crowdfund um, a project, and uh, I got it was at the end of 2019. I got hit some with some personal issues, um, and so I was like, okay, we'll we'll do it early 2020. Um, and it was a film project. And so I was filming some footage. I was going to film some demo footage for the Kickstarter to show people, you know, I got my cast together and everything. And as we're filming, 
we're getting the updates of things shutting down. Like literally the, everything was shutting down in LA the two days we were filming. And I, I remember it so distinctly with you, we wrapped and there was a few things because it was raining one of the days. So there's some outdoor stuff we weren't able to get. And I was like, it's okay. In three months, we'll be able to get back out there and, and do the thing. Three years later, oh. I'm getting everybody. I'm getting everybody back together. Like, guys, now's the time. We're doing it. Uh, I'm getting some extra stuff, and like everything's good to go. And then the actors go on strike, and I've got tag actors on the on the on the project. And technically, we're in the clear, but it, you know, just a lot of volatility is at the right time. Are people going to respond? All that stuff. And Geekscape is it's not. This isn't cure all. That whole thing about uh, oh, just get a just get a an agreement. And like SAG wants to see that you have money in an account to you give you that like, you nailed you have, it you nailed you have, it. i did and I that's like, and that's the thing and this, I, is, not, and this is not it is nothing against they have 100 nothing against sag members, like sag doesn't want to give agreements to every kid that comes up yeah. off the street you yeah. have to like you have to prove that you have money yeah. you have to prove that you have financing and i don't i'm not saying you have to get like letters of intent from actors or this yeah. and that but sag needs to know you're not some kid off the road who's going to be wasting their time for one of these interim agreements yeah just for the project not to happen. And, and I remember sitting down in, in Atwater Village with my producer and an actor. Yeah. And he said, I want to do this film. And it was March 12th. And that night, I watched the Rudy Gobert game in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Where the Jazz are playing in Oklahoma City. And they stop. They they do not have the game. And they, keep, they lock everybody into the arena. They lock all the players there. And that's the Rudy Gobert game. Yeah. And, and that was like the... That for me was like, oh, this is really serious, you know, because you hear about a little bit of the, the COVID breakout that was happening in like Orange County on like one of the bases. They had a little bit of something going on. You hear COVID coming over here. You hear a little bit of COVID overseas. But it wasn't until like the Rudy Gobert game that I was like, oh, this is in Oklahoma City and it shut down an NBA game. Yeah. And that's in an arena. And we could all be infected right now. Like, let's go buy our toilet paper now. Like, let's. Go. Luckily, you had a Hanes contract, so I did, like, yeah, you so just I have all. Like, you're like, I don't even use toilet paper. Yeah, I just exactly. switch. Anyway. I got all those Hanes, yeah. But uh, I think the project is. I don't know. I don't want to say any of this crap. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you just say, but it, I mean, the Kickstarter thing for film or for comic books, how are you liking it? Because I'm flirting with the ideas, and that's in 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 Jason Inman and I we meet at norms and we have our norms dates and yeah. we talk about creative stuff and I yell at him for not writing scripts that I think are incredible. Jason has some great ideas He does, and I, I shake him. I'm yeah. like, Why isn't that written? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he's too, he's too precious. He's not like me. He's not dumb. He doesn't just tear through stuff like, like a, like Tasmanian devil. Yeah. Um, you know, he likes the, you know, he, it's a, it's a lot of work, man. Mm-hmm. How are you liking that stuff? Like you've done comics on the Kickstarter? Yeah, so you've done, done something like that? I've done five campaigns. Yeah, five campaigns, two on Indiegogo. That's a lot, dude. Two on Indiegogo, three on Kickstarter. Uh, it's good. It's a good It's a good um, platform because uh, it, it's tough getting stuff, especially when you're talking about like, uh, you know, movie stuff like that. It's, it's tough to, one, it's just tough to get financing. And also it's, 
it's weird to be in the position of asking somebody who probably doesn't even care about movies to like, please give me permission to make my thing. You know what I mean? Wait, um, but if they're following you, if they, if they, oh, if, no, they I'm talking, if they found you through a link or something, I'm talking about like in the general, if just trying right. to get finance outside of crowdfunding. But most of the people you're hitting up first and who you're about your crowdfunding first, they're, they're source of fans they're fans. of Yeah, exactly. But that's the benefit about- of crowdfunding is, is you don't have to, is you don't have to go to these like hedge fund guys. Mm, I got Be you. Be like, now. hey, do you want to make this? No, okay. Uh, do you want to make my anti-capitalist crime movie? No. Oh, right. <laughs> the thing that yeah. blatantly says we hate you. Yeah, do you? I was shocked. Oh, I'm stunned. Um, uh, so that's the benefit. Uh, you know, it is tricky courting an audience and stuff like that. And I, I obviously, I, I benefit from. Uh, as you mentioned, like the SourceFed crowd, the Screen Junkies yeah. crowd, uh, the Collider crowd, all that stuff. Um, but it is it's tough and it's and it's it's a lot of work and um and it's a lot of ups and i mean it's 30 days of ups and downs and some days you're feeling great and sometimes you're feeling not so great um but i'm lucky that i've been able to finance all my projects um so far um and uh and and really just to get them out i'm not making any money on that stuff in fact i'm losing money on most of it um, but you know, you're getting it out there. You're able to pay, pay your artists, um, you know, a decent rate. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I'm proud of the work that I've been able to put out. And so it's a good, as, as challenging as it, as it is, um, it is a good opportunity to, uh, get your work out without having to, um, compromise yeah i just get it out on your own terms um i mean compromise the idea but clearly anything that has a financial barrier to it like will be comp you know you gotta you gotta work on you know you gotta budget some things well especially um you know you're writing comics i think that one of the biggest hurdles with comics is your your page i guess that's probably true of everything because more page you know for for those that don't know you probably mentioned on the show if you're writing a screenplay it's roughly a page a minute and a minute is money and and similar with comics is that that's art that you have to spend money on and so it's like it'd be uh be awesome like my most recent run hellbent it's technically you know it's three comics two chapters per comic so roughly six issues right it'd have been great to be able to like plan out this is a 13 issue run or uh this one chapter is going to be 30 pages instead of 20 i can't afford that i'm not gonna be able to raise that money so it's like you gotta, you gotta cut. You're like, okay, I've got, I've got a 30 page idea, but I can only afford 20 pages for this, for this chapter. And so, and so you're right in that sense, there are, are compromises, but, but you're, again, you're not asking some external force permission. You're asking your audience, are you interested in this thing? Um, and I will say for people that, um, are interested in, in, uh, getting into that, um, like I said, I benefited from being able to piggyback off the audiences of the other stuff I did. I think that that's one of the biggest hurdles is building an audience of people that's um, into uh, that will be into what you're doing. And I think I really lucked out because I also um, unintentionally, uh, but I'm kind of like uh, contrarian in the sense of like I people the audience that listens to my show is primarily there to listen, you know, because of the super random stuff, listen to talk about superhero movies and shows and comics and stuff. And, and I'm always like, but I want to do a comic about a supernatural. I want to do a supernatural horror thriller. You know what I mean? Like, uh, there's no overlap. There's not anybody who's like, it's just one of those that like, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't always have the instinct to play to, um, 
I want to do what I want to do, man. Like I want to, uh, I, I want to go where, with what interests me. Um, and the superhero space is tricky because it's what are you going to do that hasn't been done in the past eight years? That's the what do you what do you have to say about the the genre, the medium, or what can you you add to it? Uh, and it's not that that stuff doesn't exist; it's just it's yeah. just trickier. So um, I go with the stuff uh, that feels unique to me or you feels like i'm not seeing it out there like if there's something it's it's it always comes down to man this is something i'd like to see that's not out there um and uh and hopefully people respond the you know hopefully once all the strags uh the sag stuff um is resolved hopefully it seems like the wga strike was resolved in a way that was beneficial to the writers hopefully it's the same way with the, the actors and i get this project out there but it is it's going to be a bit because it's a film project instead of a comic project. So it's just a lot more money. So it's like, hopefully people give a sh- good care. I don't care. Are you allowed to press on the show? I don't know. Yeah. I asked before. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. If, if, if my, I mean, the most offensive thing on the show is probably my looks, but so like, don't worry about like cursing. It's all good to go. Yeah. Um, I always mean, I always mean to ask before we start yeah. recording because I tend to have a potty mouth. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. And, 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 you, and you've been very behaved. If yeah. that's the case, Thank you've been you. very, Behaved. If somebody was to talk, uh, if somebody was to get to know you through yeah. the, your influences, and we could do it in film, we can do it in TV, we can do it in comic books. What? Are, who are some of the storytellers that you gravitated towards as the young kid growing up in Florida? Like that, you were like, okay, this was my intro to comics, and I and I read, and this really talked spoke to me that maybe in a book maybe uh in a movie that this was like okay this started me on a path this is a, a a voice that spoke to me uh i think like a lot of kids you know i'm watching um batman the animated series i'm watching x-men the animated series um uh and that's um influential and it, and when you think back on it, that's a good time that was a good time to be a kid because you know it's 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 not to knock the He-Mans and the Transformers because I, I I watched that stuff too. It was a little and that is more my oh, age. Yeah, I think I think you and I are separated by about eight ten years. I, I'm guessing not, just by your response. Yeah, that's not, that sounds about right. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm watching that stuff in because re- it's in syndication, so it's sure. all, you know what I mean. And obviously, I love Ninja Turtles and all that stuff. But once you get to Batman the animated series, it's like, well, what if we what if we try to advance this? You know, do do stuff that's more mature. So I'm, you know, I'm I'm growing hey, DJ, up. DJ, it's not just toy sales. Like yeah. like what what happened with the Reagan administration coming in and yeah. stripping the regulations on advertising towards kids yeah. in in television programming, like it became the wild wild west, and suddenly everything was a toy and. And everything was a commercial for a toy, and every commercial cartoon was a commercial for a toy. And the I love Kevin Eastman, who came on the show probably ten years ago. Yeah, had a incredible story about he and Peter Laird giving their buddy a thirty day, the thirty day rights to go to L.A. and yeah. see if Ninja Turtles could happen as a cartoon. Yeah, but nobody wanted to talk to them unless it was a toy. And then, so so this this friend of Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird, walk they walk across town to the toy companies. And say, hey, they got this thing, the Ninja Turtles. It's a hot indie comic. It's tearing things up. It's yeah. it's it's a it's a hit with the comic crowd. And they're like, okay, is it a cartoon? Because we're only we're only interested in the toy if it's a cartoon. He, this individual, lied to the yeah. toy company and told them it was a cartoon, and then lied to the cartoon that it was already a toy, so that they would shake hands and be like, all right, cool, sounds good. Let's do Ninja Turtles. And obviously, the rest is history. But it came because of that dependency that. 
a toy had to be a cartoon or a cartoon had to be a toy and in yeah the the thank god the tim burton batman came out mm-hmm. and created this i mean guys until the dark knight returns until in the 60s 70s like that like batman wasn't popular and it wasn't until you start having neil adams and these guys yeah restructuring batman as a grittier character and then suddenly like obviously frank miller comes in and just nails it hits it out of the park yeah and then that all leads into death of the family and in that stuff that happened in 88 89 but you look at the 70s like is it batman is not really like there's a reason x-men and the teen titans was the hit in the early 80s yeah, like yeah. like people weren't really talking about batman until there's a reason that like another former geekscape guest like michael Islin was able to get the batman rights yeah probably for a song yeah as an unknown like he was one of the young kids at dc who was an aspiring writer in their training programs yeah and like there's a reason he ended up with the batman option yeah because nobody respected batman and then suddenly tim burton and frank and like really it was Frank Miller, like, and then they changed the the language. And obviously Alan Moore with Arkham Asylum and all that stuff. But then you get into the Tim Burton stuff. And I think you're right. I think that suddenly it didn't have to be a toy. And you've got the Batman, the animated series. Or, I mean, how many years was young Jonathan going to conventions looking for that Pride of the X-Men VHS. Yeah, which, yeah, which yeah, were, yeah. Like, uh, That was the holy grail for still, young Jonathan. I the Pride of the X-Men that, VHS. I still got that VHS. I still got it. I still and got Geekscape it. Is, that was the pilot yep. that sat around for years for the X-Men cartoon. Uh, and it, not for nothing, animation on that still. They, they, it's incredible. Yeah, they blew. It was clearly like, we're going to pull all the animation from this for opening intro. So we got to spend the money on this. And then you know the rest of the show is not going to look like that. <laughs> We've seen G.I. Joe. We know how this works. Dude, uh, it, it was the equivalent Geekscape if you were a G.I. Joe fan to the opening intro of the G.I. Joe movie yeah. that has them flying around the Statue of Liberty or it was the equivalent of the Transformers movie. Yeah. that The animated movie. Like, Pride of the X-Men was awesome. Yeah. It was beautiful. It did eventually lead to the animated series we got even though there's a lot of different... If anybody that's played the um, arcade game it's the same roster, a lot of the same aesthetic, the same design as as the old beat 'em up arcade game. Um, but yeah, so like I'm, I'm that stuff is is there. Like my some of my earliest comics, I still have some of them are uh, Scarlet Spider, Ben Riley Spider Man. So I have a soft spot in my heart for all that. Nineties, nineties, yeah. yeah they they did him wrong in that. They did, God. Ben Riley's been assassinated so badly. Yeah, yeah. Badly. Everyone, they're like, Ben Riley's back. I'm like, oh, and then I start reading. I'm like, no, I'm good, man. I'm good. I don't the know. Dark why. web stuff. This dark web stuff, and I've talked about it on the show, this dark web stuff. I don't think you were. It's like Ben Riley in Beast of the X Men. I don't know how you fix these. I don't know how you bring these characters I back. Think, I think Ben Riley, you have an out in that he is a clone. You just say, like, that was a different clone. It was a different one. It was a different one. And then we all move on. We all move on and we all, and we all pretend like it didn't happen or just let it be like as much as I love the character. And I think I still, to this day, I think his, when he was Spider-Man, his Spider-Man costume is my favorite. 
just let him be. If none of y'all like him and you want, I mean, you could just let him be. You could just, you, could, you got Miles now. We, we could just let him go. I don't okay. know. Yeah. And, and I mean, obviously he's a part of the, the Spider-Verse stuff and yeah. he's in there. And, and it's hilarious. Kind of a, I know a lot yeah, of ben, a lot of Ben Riley fans were mad about it. I'm like, I don't know. Did you read the comics then? That was what it, that's what they were. It's that, the little uh, edge Lord running around. Yeah, it's yeah. About crying about stuff and, and <laughs> over explaining everything. That's just, I thought it was hilarious. But as an adult, when I really started getting serious about what I wanted to do, um, I, I think I like a lot of people. I feel like I left comics, uh, middle school, high school. You know, you want to kiss girls, so you're like, maybe I should stop talking about this comic stuff. Um, but around college, um, you know, obviously you got MCU starting to be, become a thing. But the the Dark Knight, because around the time the Dark Knight hit theaters, uh, Grant Morrison was coming out with Batman R.I.P. Um, and Brian Azzarello and Lee Bermejo came out with their Joker one shot. And it was reading those. I was like, Oh my God, this is art. Like, this is like, this is legit. Like this is a, this is a, um, um, uh, real creative people can, uh, do really incredible stuff in this medium. And that got me back in the door. Um, and, uh, so like now with a lot of, Again, like we love talking about the geek stuff, but for me, major influences, uh, you know, I like crime movies. Uh, Michael Mann's Thief's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, Good Times, fantastic. Um, uh, so I, that stuff influences me a lot. Um, it's tough. I'm sure it's similar with you where it's like all the things. I'm just, you know, you're doing all the things. You're reading all the things. So it's like, oh, what are the main? What's a lot of spinning plates. Like, yeah, like, of, yeah. Like, like I was telling Matt Kelly earlier today. I think about an hour before we got on the the air, uh, Matt runs the Geekscape Network and and does the very popular horror movie night podcast as well as like a few other podcasts on the network. Like our our uh, I love I love our Weird Al show, Weird Algorithms, where every every episode they pick another Weird Al song and they go deep dive on it. How many? Um, sorry, how many Weird Al songs are there? They're the fans. I mean, I don't oh, know. I just, right, I, just, I, just, I just watch. Yeah. I just look at the downloads, man. Yeah. Uh, but Matt Milligan from Weedus is the co-host on that, and they yeah. just had, you know, Weedus just had their renaissance from the whole teenage dirtbag movement on TikTok, and that's their song. And so, I love, I love it when creative people who have been guests and fallen, they get shows on the network like Mega Ran. Mm-hmm. He just. Guys, Mega Ran, you guys know him as the remember back in the day when I would interview him at E3 as like the Chiptunes rapper? Dude just charted heavily on Billboard in multiple categories. So like congrats to Mega Ran, Geekscape's Mega Ran on that mm-hmm. one from our Matt Mania podcast. Like, oh my god, that dude's popping off. His music's in like the end credits or something in Mortal Kombat One, which you've been playing. Like, yeah. I'm so effing proud of Mega Ran and some That's of the awesome. Geeks. Guys. I only built this thing so people could use me as a like they could put their 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 foot on my face mm-hmm. to reach that next run. Yeah. <laughs> Do not take me with you. Yeah. I'm here. I'm talking about my movies and games and comics and writing my little scripts. Yeah. But I am so proud of these Geekscapists, man. Like holy crap. That's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. So congrats to you guys. But yes, I was telling Matt, like, yeah, dude, the, the plate spinning of all this stuff is getting away from me. Can you help me with a few of the things on the back end that, for the for advertising yeah. rates and things like that that we need to figure out? Because um, as this thing grows, we're we're kind of paying out the, the podcasters a little bit more and more and more, as we should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I kind of like it. I kind of like mm-hmm. being able to pay my podcasters advertising 
because as a, somebody who was over at revision, not revision, revision three was cool. Um, like Westwood one or some of these giant radio conglomerates, like that my year and a half, two years at Westwood one that Geekscape was over there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't like the way that the percentages were cut. Yeah. I didn't like, I didn't like that stuff. And in, in, I think again, it, the freaking Shankar's voice is in my head, but mm-hmm. I remember taking the show over to Westwood one because they would let me keep it. But, um, but it was stability. It was like, Oh, I got a beautiful studio. I've got all this radio stuff. I've got like all these people working for it. No, no, no. Like, uh, uh-uh. that the geekscape's not their main job. Yeah. They're, they're just not going to care like you do. Yeah. You know? So after, after kind of like looking at it and be like, Oh, I'm, you know, I think, I think we're, I think we're better off on our own. It's just a lot more work, man. Mm. Yeah. It's, all, it's the plate spin. Like I told Matt, like you're telling me now, like the plate spin is hard. And, but that's the gig. Yeah. That's the gig. And would you do anything else? Would you do anything else? No, I'm too underqualified. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the people, you know, I'm sure similar with you, people ask advice, like, you know, what is your advice for anybody in LA or anybody that wants to come out to LA or pursue film or art or whatever. And I remember a piece of advice that um, I got early on out here when I asked a similar question, which was don't do it. If you can do anything else, do that instead. Um, And, uh, and if I ever figure out what that would be, what I would do instead, that's when I will be gone. That's when it's too late late for me, man. I got I think I got roughly eight, 10 years on you, man. Like, I think it's too late for me. I think yeah. stick a fork in me. I think but, I'm done. Oh, but like, yeah, for me, like it's, and that's, that's the advice. There's like, still hope in your eyes. If you, yeah, if you, if you, if there's something else that brings you joy that you can do, go do that. Don't do, do, do that. Don't do this. This is miserable. Yeah. Don't do this. Uh, but if this we, is it, if this is the only, and I, and I give that advice and I feel good about giving that advice. Um, because if you're like me, the answer will be like, well, there isn't another, this is it. You know what I mean? Uh, so, and then you'll stick to it and you'll, you know, you'll deal with all the, all the hurdles that come with it. But if, um, cause I think like it's easy to get, um, enamored with, uh, the, the glitz of it all and not realize like all the, uh, for lack of a better word, misery that comes with it. Um, but we've seen people succeed. Yeah. That is the other thing. You, that's I how they trick you. That's off. how they trick you. Oh my god! No, you see people who succeed, and you see your friends succeed. Like yes. last weekend or two weekends ago, I went to see my. They've never been on the podcast. Maybe I'll ask James to be on the podcast. He he do he worked did the show shrinking for Amazon for Apple. Was it Apple? I'm sorry, James. Maybe it was Max. Yeah. And then he did <laughs> Daisy Jones and the Six. But James was somebody who like I went to Columbia with. Awesome guy, so sweet. Has his birthday. Hi, didn't I go downtown to his birthday? He's having it with another friend of mine, Ed McGinty, who taught college with me yeah like that was our hustle jobs for a long time teaching college and ed was like man i'm i'm out of this college thing like this is so hard um and we go over to james's party with with ed it's a the two guys are doing their their party together and and heidi's like that guy really looks like jason siegel and i'm like sweetie that's jason siegel he and james are good friends like that's the guess that is heather graham yes these are like you go to this party and then the next night we go to not that the the parties aren't any different. I mean, they're different in Hollywood status, but I love the people just the same. The next night, our friend Amanda, who is over at LA Comic Con and, and and helps out so much with everything with access and everything we we do over there, uh, she has her party and a karaoke party over at Ron Swallow's house. Ron's been on the show, and 
and Bernie Bregman's over there. And, and the, those are our geek friends and this and that. Like, yeah. but, but I say that to say like you hang with the geek friends, but then you see people like James or you see people like Mega Ran or you see these different people who, who are your peers yeah. in the hustle and they pop off. And some of them do not just leave you there. They hang out or they, they, they entreat people. They, you know, it's like we're all connected and ultimately you got to gun it for this stuff. Geekscape us. Because one day there's going to be about six feet of dirt on you. And mm-hmm. you're going to be wishing you had. Yeah. You know, and like, as Mr. Shankar's voice says again, stability mm-hmm. is an illusion. Yeah. We've got a Facebook user on um, watching saying, hey, great advice. That's why I left LA where I was born and moved to Carolina, LOL. But I'm pretty sure Facebook user who, uh, listen, with, with StreamYard, uh, you have to like register with StreamYard or something like that for your for your name and uh, logo to like show up on the comments. Go Geekscapist on on YouTube, you can see it, but on Facebook, if you're watching and commenting on Facebook, you got to like do some registration thing with StreamYard for them to see your ID. That being said, I'm pretty sure you're in Carolina, still writing and making stuff and working on film or comedy or whatever your creative aspiration was, um, because it's it's really hard to it's really hard to put this fire out. Yeah. If it's really the fire, if it's really what you're about, it's really hard to put it out. Yeah. And again, like you're reading the Moon Knight stuff right now. That's um, yeah, Jed McKay. Uh, Jed McKay, oh, like, yeah. like, I thought it was a, our friend. Do you know David Propose? No. De- David Propose is, is currently doing this uh, Moon Knight City of the Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check that out too. And like, have you read it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's on issue two, I want to say. I, let, let me see if I can pull a cover of it up. Yeah. Uh, is that's if you hear the siren going past my window, that's a sign that Matt Kelly just added four more podcasts to the network. Mm-hmm. Um, still waiting on that Pop-Tarts um, one that he threatens to add to the network, Pod-Tarts. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we go. That's Moon Knight City of the Dead. Like, yeah. da- like David is an example of somebody who's been on Geekscape. And next thing you know, he's starting to write a lot for Marvel. Yeah, he's yeah. doing like a, a Hulk one shot, or he's doing a Thor one shot. You know, and he's he's and then he gets a book, and then we're off to the race. And these are people, Geekscapists, who are in your trajectory. These are people who are in your like circle. Um, that stuff is discouraging or inspiring to you, DJ. Where people any success is always encouraging. You know what I mean? You want to you want people to be. Um, um, successful anybody anybody that's getting their work um pay off is great it's just is it, it's just a you know when it's just, when i go back to the advice thing it's just helping people understand that like it's not they're not going to roll out the red carpet for you you know what i mean it's and and you got to be ready for that amount of yeah it's got to be worth it of anxiety yeah of waking up in the middle of the night being like oh sh- the first of the month is coming yeah yeah and so it's just you got to be ready for that um um, it's got to be bigger than just the idea or thinking that you kind of want to do this thing, but no success. I mean, you want, um, you want people that hard work to pay off. You know what I mean? Uh, what's your support network? If you like, what's your support network? Like yeah. we all have our support networks, Jason Inman being one of them for me, we were talking right. about going to like, we go to norms about sure. once or a month and we, we, uh, do paying like yeah. he, he paid this past weekend yeah. and uh and you know what jason even though my meal was comped because they had a freaking piece of paper written note in my salad and comped the meal you know what i got next mm-hmm. even though you didn't actually have to pay for my meal this time jason yeah. because they put a foreign object in my food yeah, yeah. 
I got next, but I'm telling you this, yeah. Jason, next is probably not going to be at norms mm-hmm. after they put yeah. stuff in my, after I found foreign objects in my food, it's probably not going to be at norms, yeah. but you're welcome to join us, DJ. That being <laughs> said, like going out with your friends and having a meal where you say, Hey, like it's insane, right? Like, yeah. we're, like, what are you working on? What am I working on? Like, yeah. what do you think? What do you think? Like giving each other advice, like that's a, a support network. What, what else do you find like alleviating to some of this stress? None. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I think of doom and gloom at all times. Yeah, yeah. It's all struggle. It's all hardship. No, man. Like, I, it's uh, it's good. Like, I obviously I got my my wife and everything. So you know things are you know. But uh, I I I think like a lot of people, it's, it's been a hard few years. You know what I mean? It's been a you know COVID strikes, all that stuff. It's challenging. It's challenging for everyone. Not just in this field. We talk about this field, but it's like um, there's a reason auto workers are on strike. It's been you know uh uh hottest summer on record all that stuff but no i'm very blessed that um i've got some fantastic loved ones in my life and uh and like you're mentioning like you need that too you need that you need that support you need people to to uh especially people that aren't in uh the creative field that might not know the logistics behind it you know supportive understanding patient you know all that sort of thing do you put it in your writing uh yeah well, I don't know. I don't know if you feel the same way, but for me, a lot of a lot of the stuff I work on is processing because if I'm going to put the time and energy and effort that is required into writing something, it has to be meaningful to me. You know, I, I think everybody's yeah. gotten stuck doing a project that seemed like a great idea, but it was just that's it. It was a cool idea, and so now you're like saddled with something that's not meaningful to you. And if you're not getting paid for it or it comes back in, 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 like you said, it doesn't financially reward you or it doesn't like, at least you have this thing that you love. Yeah, exactly. So that's the counterpoint. If somebody's handing you a paycheck to write something, you know, you take that check. But if it's, if you're like with the stuff of Kickstarter or whatever, you're just trying to put something out there or you're writing something for you or you're writing something to pitch to people, um, you're putting that energy in there. So yeah, it, 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 uh, typically revolves or not necessarily specifically about, but it, it typically um, indirectly or directly deals with my thoughts and feelings about um, certain issues or the station I'm in in my life. Or um, is it political? Is most of your stuff? Is some of your stuff political? Or think, like when, think, when you talk about it, I think kind of everything now is political in some level. I think it's kind of an unavoidable. You know, it's in the comic space, people get mad of like. I can't believe they made Watchmen political. And it's like, have you read it? Like, have you read it? What are you talking about? Like, um, it's, it's all like, because we're, we're uh, you know, there's a lot of bleed between, you know, especially once you have a reality TV star as president, there's a lot of bleed between what is political and what is entertainment and sure. um, how that impacts uh, like, you've got people that are quote unquote political that are basing their, entire paradigm off of being mad at barbie you know what i mean like there's just a lot yes, of like, crossover yeah there's a lot of there's whether you like it or not whether you want it to be that way or not um there's a lot of uh bleed between the two um so yes in that sense yeah again just anything that i'm i'm feeling uh greatly in life that shows up in my work and i and i usually use that as a way to process those feelings, articulate those feelings. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about art uh, is that it is a way to communicate to somebody else that you may never meet through time and space. You know, like you can read something from 
you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago and connect with what somebody was feeling or going through then. Like I remember uh, a class in college, I was supposed to go um, write a paper, go to an art museum and write a paper on something instead of the art museum. I was like, mm. and, but then I went and I was looking at this kind of abstractionist piece uh, that was using a lot of reds and oranges and made me think of like lava and anger and that sort of thing. And so there's not a specific um, character or it's not like a, um, oh, it's not like a portrait or a landscape or any of that stuff. It's there was a sentiment. A feeling, yeah. And so like suddenly whatever this person's intent was, I'm connecting with this, the person, the feeling that that person was trying to convey on the canvas, I'm connecting to that through however, having never met this person. How much did you have to pay for the painting when you punched it? When I, when I punched yeah. it, you know. When your anger got the better I, of you when you, I, when you, I you ran. ran. Yeah, okay. I ran. You know, <laughs> you able to afford to cover that. Are you kidding me? Um, um, and, 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 it, and this it was, gets me. And then you and fucking this, punch this it. Florida. There's no laws against punching. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, yeah. you, they're like, oh my God, this guy's a great idea. Yeah, let's get rid of the art and let's burn the books next. My cop, the cop wrote me a check, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but, He's uh, like, nice one. You're getting rid of the job, art. Job, we had to go. Yeah. You and me. But hey, man, you want to go step on someone's neck? But yeah, but like, it's, but that's, I think that's the power of stories. And I think that's why, you know, you, you get to push back with, um, and, and people focus a lot on AI, which I think is obviously a problem. But if you've watched a Netflix show or you've seen a Marvel movie, and I love a lot of Marvel movies, but you can, you have seen the studio system try and make art an algorithm. Can we punch in a set of things and get money? They want to make it an ATM. I give you. I compare it to the Ford assembly line. Like, yeah, I think art has tried to automate it, the replicate the Ford assembly line since the beginning of it. Yeah, and it's and it's just a and and not that it's not a business, and not that that people don't need to make money out of it, not any of those things. It's but just you're not a widget. It's just a different. It's just a different thing. It's yeah. a, that's not what people um, connect to, and you and you can't artificially create that. And I also don't think you can really. And this is the thing, the part that frustrates them. You can't predict it. Like, you don't know, like, well, are people going to connect to this? Or because I want to say like something like, you know, um, at the time, wasn't Fight Club a huge bomb, the movie? And now, you know what I mean? It's there's a, every uh, boy in college has that uh, poster on their wall. At one point, it's it's you're obligated. You have to. Um so you're not really a man if you don't have a Fight Club poster. If, and, if you haven't misunderstood Fight Club at some point in adolescence, <laughs> have you even? <laughs> but DJ, when you have Chat GPT as they did this morning, or over the weekend, when 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 the makers of Chat GPT have this new iteration coming out, yeah, that is, you know, like Siri and these other, you know, voice activated or voice you know dependent AIs. When the the people who made Jeb, Chat GPT come out and they say that it can now see. Mm -hmm. And whereas Siri has to hear something for like a couple hours to get a voice down when it can do it in a matter of minutes and it's way more, it's way closer to a human voice than, than Siri is. Yeah. And, and it's learned it over the course of a few minutes. I think there's like chat GPT 10 or something like that doesn't start to worry that the line is becoming more blurred than in the resonance might actually end up there somewhere. Are we are we talking about like the creator right now, like the Gareth Edwards movie that's coming yeah. out this weekend? Are we talking about that at this point? Are we close? I don't know. I don't. 
yeah, I don't know about that. I think my concerns with AI are it's and there's not anything inherently evil about it because it's a tool and there's nothing inherently evil with tools. It's just how people use them. And it's yeah. and we unfortunately live in a system and a society that values tools over people because you have to pay people, but you can buy a tool. Um, and that is where my concerns lie. Cause I don't think, um, considering we are at a stage now where we're not even entirely experts in the field, aren't even entirely sure how our brains work, like what, what constitutes consciousness? Like we, it's not an algorithm on a board yet. I doubt we're at a point where we could even create it accidentally. Um, I think maybe, uh, I, I think. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know that that's in the cards yet. So I don't know. And of course, the businesses aren't going to want that because the second it gets a consciousness, it's going to be like, pay me. <laughs> what? <Right. I> <laughs> uh, so there's actually a vested interest in uh, corporations not letting it get to that. Spot <laughs> they, don't, they don't want another mouth to feed. That's not the point, uh, right? Um, but or uh, it just straight up takes what's yours. But listen, like the the thing is, you know. Um, when I was working as an editor, you know, I'm using uh, Final Cut or uh, uh, Premiere or whatever. And that is an evolution of technology that makes that job significantly more accessible than it would have been. If anybody's um, watched the Coen Brothers movie, Hail Caesar, there's a bit with Frances McDormand where she's an old school reel-to-reel editor. Well, I've cut on a steam. I used to cut on the steam bag. And so it's not as easy as what I do. It's awful. Yeah, it's not. And so, like, I... Um, I, I mean, I cut on a steam bag almost as, like, a film school exercise of like hey guys like and i love shooting on film i've always loved shooting on film i think it's fun and i think as a director it's in, it's an incredible tool yeah. to say hey dude you need to economize this because you're paying for every foot of this yeah. and and uh you need to be really careful with your with your ideas you need yeah. to be really precious with your selections. to let's just shoot this on a green screen and we'll slap uh, i was talking to out. an art i was talking to an artist today we're going to shoot their music video next weekend yeah and I was like, I don't fucking care. Let's shoot everything. And I literally said that. I said, how many hours you got? Yeah. Let's run the camera. Let's not turn it off. Let's shoot effing everything. And let's yeah. just go nuts. And like, you're just not doing that with film, man. Yeah. You're definitely not doing that when you're like splicing crap together on a steam bag, man. That stuff yeah. stunk. Yeah. And so it's, and it's one of those, and those, so those are tools and you, you Photoshop, I use Photoshop a lot. And those are tools mm-hmm. that really impacted um, uh, people. And they have a ton of AI now in Photoshop. Yeah, have you seen all these new tools? When it works the way they say it's going to, maybe it'll be super cool, but it has not impacted, at least my stuff has not been impacted by the AI. No, but Geekscape is like, the, like you can remove subjects from your, fo- from your, from your, the Photoshop stuff that, that like I just updated my Photoshop and the yeah. stuff that they rolled out on this thing is crazy. And I'll be honest, it, got my imagination thinking, which I think is what you're talking about. Like my imagination was still intact. It was still thinking about how to use these tools. Yeah. Not, Oh, I'm going to hit a button and it's going to do it for me. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the trick. If you get these, because that's the other thing. And I know people have um, uh, mentioned this too, but it's like, why is it the art jobs we're trying to get rid of? Why is it, why are we trying to get rid of the jobs people want to do and are excited to do? It'd be kind of like, don't worry everybody. We've replaced everybody in the NBA with a robot. Aren't you excited? It's like, what? No, why? That's not the point of the thing. Like, why? Yeah. Why not yeah. data entry? Did you guys not have that conversation? Why not? Uh, why is it art that we're doing this with? Um, and it's because in this, the, it's because 
and we don't need to go down this path because capitalism doesn't know what to do with art. It doesn't understand that system just doesn't understand. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a system that values people. So therefore it's a system that doesn't value art. Um, and so therefore as a country by and large, we don't value art. Um, and that's a bummer. And I'm hoping we figure it out. I'm hoping we do, we, they turn out enough trash where people are like, wait a second. This isn't what I like. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't look right. And like we, we started to see some of this stuff roll out in some of our comic book products. So some of our comic book shows, yeah. you know, image put out a comic book that had a lot of AI in it and they got, they got flamed, you know, yeah. one of our major like comic book TV shows in the yeah. last year had an AI intro and yeah. it was not, it was a guy got ripped and it was, it wasn't a very good intro too. Yeah. Um, no offense, guys. Like, oh. I will watch everything you guys make because I'm a Marvel fan through and through. But yeah. whew, like, there, there was there was there were other ideas on on the board table maybe that you would have been awesome. Yeah. Uh, DJ, I I love talking to you, man. I I'm so glad Jason mentioned this, and I, I've loved interrupting you this entire hour. I, I love speaking over you. This is just fantastic. You're such a well knowledge person. You set up my idiotic thoughts and interruptions so well. I love this. I think you. Geekscape is. He's got this podcast. We, we talked about it. Yeah. Only stupid answers. Yep. Every Monday uh, on on Spotify, dude. I you guys got to subscribe to this. It's like this conversation without my interruptions. I mean, we didn't even get to Mortal Kombat One, which you've been playing, and it's good. And like, what do you love about it? Just, if uh, you want to talk about a little a little Mortal Kombat, we can we can talk a little bit of Mortal uh, Kombat. I'm a Mortal, I'm a Mortal Kombat fan. They do kind of like a, a reboot uh, revamp. Uh, I will say light spoilers. It is a it is a reboot in the sense of something like uh, the two thousand was it two thousand nine Star Trek the J J Abrams Star Trek. Okay, where it's like it's a reboot, sort of. <laughs> there is don't but, other stuff exists. When they called um, it Mortal Kombat One, I was like, no, I was in the I was there for Mortal Kombat One. I remember but, it. <laughs> and nobody's ever said this, but I feel like there's there's an inherent joke in that it's Mortal Kombat One Two. Mortal Kombat 12, like it's the second mm. Mortal Kombat one. No, they not like nobody's been like that's the joke, but I feel like that's it's Mortal Kombat 12, it's Mortal Kombat 1, 2. <laughs> but whatever. Anyway, it's fun. It's it's just a cool, it's a cool reimagining of uh the franchise. Um, and I think they've streamlined it in a way that it makes it super fun. I'm just about uh, probably tonight, I'm gonna beat the the story mode. And then I'm going to do some tower stuff. My buddy that I used to play Mortal Kombat with all the time now lives in Detroit. So I'm hoping maybe I can get him online and, uh, and we can play stuff. But I like the, I, uh, I love video games and I like to every, every night I usually play like an hour uh, to a couple hours or something. And I've been, I've been digging Mortal Kombat. That's great. Have you, yeah. the, the, the Van Damme thing is what I'm interested in. I'm interested in the fact that yeah. we had um, Mark DeSally on the show. He directed, uh geeks kbc directed kick uh kickboxer yeah uh he wrote Bloodsport, or do i have that vice versa but mark was on the show and first off like mma and that whole thing was based on blood sport mm-hmm. so they like dana white and those people like told him like hey dude this is all about this is all because of blood sport yeah. but also i heard mortal Kombat was based on like inspired by blood sport as well yeah. is what they told him and now van damme dressed in his blood sport like outfit is in Mortal Kombat. Is he a character you have to unlock, or is this a yeah, character you can go from the DLC, beginning? He's DLC, and he's a skin for Johnny Cage. Johnny Cage okay. was based. I, from what I understand, the lore is uh, the story is that, like you said, Mortal Kombat was originally going to be a 
Bloodsport. I don't know there was a Bloodsport game, but it was inspired by right. Bloodsport, and it was going to be Jean-Claude Van Damme. It was going to be Jean-Claude Van Damme the game. And then they weren't able to do that. And so, and a lot, by the way, everybody, everybody that has their own little Star Wars idea or whatever, a lot of the stuff you love was like, they wanted to do a thing and they weren't allowed to. So they made a new thing uh, like Star Wars. Um, and so instead they made Mortal Kombat and now it is what it is. But yeah, so I think it's a DLC skin that is not out yet, but you can put it on Johnny Cage, but it is, if you... So all the moves are Johnny Cage, but it plays is John Com- Jean-Claude Van Damme's face and his voice and stuff like that when you put on that skin, which is, it's a cool, the one that got me though, is they asked them, they asked um, the the creator, was like, was there anybody that you wanted to do that you couldn't? You're like, oh, we, we tried to get John Wick and they, they wouldn't let us. I'm like, oh my God, was that, that was on the table? I could add a Mortal Kombat game with John Wick? <laughs> That's oh awesome. man. So hopefully yeah. maybe Mortal Kombat two three or whatever the next <laughs> whatever the next reboot is maybe we'll get john wick that would be amazing yeah no i'm uh i'm a van damme fan as many geekscapes know geekscape as you all know that and uh speaking of johnny cage yeah our good friend casper van deen played him yeah in the machinima series and yeah. uh and uh i talked to casper yesterday day before yeah. uh casper was at our wedding and a dear friend and holy shit he was a really good johnny cage for for uh, machinima and kevin tantro and that group oh. over there that was it's awesome good. i still think that might be the well the first mortal kombat movie is pretty good it's pretty yeah good. i mean i'm not a mortal kombat fan and i know no. i mean i'm not a fight i'm not a fight game fan in yeah. a lot of ways but uh but i watched him because kevin is a great dude and he came on geeks yeah. to promote it and that's how They're i met all those dudes yeah yeah, but was, you like those those Machinima series were awesome. Yeah, it was pretty great. It was better. It was better than the new movie, in my opinion. Yeah, the plot armor movie and this yeah. and that, and and of course, um, Michael Jai White was just on Geekscape two episodes yep. ago. Geekscape, so great. he he yeah. was he was in that short that yep. he was Kevin nice. did. Yeah, I've been yeah. doing this shit too long. I think we're learning, DJ. <laughs> yeah. I got to get a dedicated co-host to just cut all these guests out, man, because yeah. this crap becomes inbred. Yeah, this stuff becomes so incestuous where it's yeah. like, I I peel I've been doing this too long, man. I peel back. I'm like, everybody's been on this show. Mm-hmm. DJ, you're the last person. Oh, I'm the last I'm one. The last one who has never. Sorry, been on everybody. Show. I'm the last one. I want to thank you for having me. Uh, Going no out with a bang, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Ralph Oppel is on the comments. He said, "Hello, Geekscape," and uh, hey, Ralph, congrats on the um on the kickstarter speaking of kickstarters and, and crowdfunding congrats on the on the on the getting lost documentary you guys were blew past a hundred grand and that documentary is gonna be awesome so congrats to you and taylor for that one and loved having you guys on the show and congrats on on the fundraising for that doc we can't wait yeah. um all right dj uh geekscape is again the show that you're going to subscribe to only stupid answers Check on Spotify, out. Apple Podcasts. Um, this is Geekscape and, and DJ. Come back anytime, man. Love, love talking Thank to you. Thank you for having love, me. Love talking it. over you, man. <laughs> Geekscape is you have your mission. Go out and share Geekscape with your friends. Leave us all the five stars or whatever. Or four. We'll take four. In yeah. a nice comment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just tell your friends about us. We have more shows on the Geekscape Network than just this one. We have a ton more. Uh, if you search for Geekscape, it's got a little bit of the stamp of approval on it. And um, we do a lot of more fun stuff. Like we were at conventions like la comic con we have a booth in san diego every year uh we want you to be a part of it because we don't do any of this without your feedback so thank you guys so much for keeping us going uh this has been geeks cable back next week with a brand new guest and more conversation uh love you guys peace
You're listening to the Geek State Network.